You're listening to Fox on the Wire podcast. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending what time you're tuning into this latest episode of Fox on the Wire. I just wanted to cut in before we get into today's episode and um, thank everyone who has been tuning in uh, thus far to this new podcast. It's a new venture for me, so we're only just getting started. I've got plenty more awesome guests to come, lots to talk about. Um, So thank you very much for tuning in. And uh, today's episode, I really enjoyed talking with Alexis Naylor. She's an awesome singer-songwriter based in Perth at the moment. So our conversation actually got underway before we officially started the episode um i'd already hit record but we hadn't officially started so there's a little bit of content in there that i thought maybe you guys should hear so i'm gonna start it in a different spot to usual but um i had a great chat with her so please sit back enjoy and welcome to another episode of fox on the wire enjoy cheers i've uh, definitely been um trying really hard to be fairly transparent with everyone these days just about anything and everything yeah. So, so my new music manager's telling me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know you pretty much have to put everything out there, don't you? Yeah. Well, you know, I guess realistically, like, people buy into you as a not just the music that you do but everything. So, you know, they've got to – they've well, for me anyway, the stuff that I write, I try and be as authentic as possible about emotions and things. So I guess – to see that the person writing it is as authentic as possible yep. can't be a bad thing. Yeah. I don't, um, yeah, like I, I get it, but sometimes I find it really quite difficult to do the content bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with the, the songs uh, and the way I write them, but um, it's, it's the whole social media thing that I sort of struggle with a bit more um, mm-hmm. to just – be transparent like you said like I'm pretty pretty private sort of person generally so um oh and I think it's like where do you oh like you know there's a lot that you keep you know cards close to your chest but I think it's like how what where's that line and I think for every single person that line is very different yeah um yeah I think I don't know when you have a partner and kids and other things in the mix I think that line will changes um but for me you know i don't have to be accountable to anybody else yeah Uh, so yeah it only affects me if i overshare potentially um, or undershare if that makes sense yeah yeah well um i think you do a pretty good job with all that from what i can see so uh, (laughs) well who knows i'm waiting for someone to go okay enough seriously shut up (laughs) oh look no there's some people that are definitely like that but uh i don't think you're one of them so (laughs) no thanks lovely you realize we've sort of got right into the middle of this whole podcast right from the start here (laughs) well first for everything maybe that's how you yeah, I wonder if we can have already started it and we can just uh, keep going from now. Sounds, um, sounds perfect. Yeah, something different. Well, Maybe I can record the intro on a separate track <laughs> and go back. <laughs> well, you've um, met me. You know that it's hard to shut me up at the best of times. So, that's, you know. That's good. <laughs> it saves me having to talk and uh, <laughs> try and think of things to say. So, uh, 
Well, I will always fill that space. You know that. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's officially get underway here yeah. and uh, welcome Alexis Naylor to Fox on the Wire. Welcome, Thank Alexis. You. Thanks. How you doing today? Mm, really <laughs> good. As I have a gulp of coke. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, really good. Perth is uh, the sun is shining and it's a lovely lovely Sunday afternoon, so I cannot complain. So where are you parked at the moment? Are you parked next to the beach or...? Uh, well, that was the choice and then I decided to park next to a lake. So, oh, yeah? Yeah, so some sort of water views, yes. So what's the weather over there? Like mid-20s, late-20s? Uh, yeah, well, yesterday was like, yeah, mid-20s. It was really lovely. Um, yep. Today's probably a tiny bit cooler, but that sunshine, oh, just warms me from the outside in. Oh, man. Well, Delicious. You know, I'm, I'm in Melbourne and we're just <laughs> lacking any sort of sun. I'm looking outside I was, uh, now. <laughs> I was oh. in Melbourne a couple of weeks ago and I, I had been complaining about the weather here in, in Perth being like, oh, it's cold. <laughs> I got off the plane in Melbourne and was like, oh, good God. Good oh, it's God. awful. <laughs> you know, I've got red hair, so I'm not supposed to be... <laughs> Out in the sun for too long, but uh, I do need, you know, the odd some, burst of sun on my point, skin yeah. just just to keep me from being too depressed. But, uh, yeah, I'm yeah. definitely struggling with the winters the more the older I get, I think. So, yeah. anyway, we're, uh, we're slowly yeah. coming out of winter. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I guess, so you're parked next to a lake and you're actually – in your home, is that correct? This is, <laughs> yes. So I'm in a um, 2000 Sprinter, Mercedes Sprinter van, uh, yep. which used to be an ambulance, um, and it's been converted. So I have um, a bed and a fridge and a sink and a cooker, wow. and I have solar panels, and I've got my bike on the back, and I've got my SUP board in here. Yeah. Um, yeah, like a little mini apartment. Wow. And what's yeah. her name? Her name is Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I love her. She's amazing. Yeah, it looks amazing. Um, yeah. On your uh, Instagram, um, I've sort of seen the evolution yes. come, come to life. It's... Yeah, yeah. She fits all my music gear. I think there's a couple of things like um, obviously, as you know, as a muso, you collect a lot of gear and you never seem to get rid yep. of it. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, I do have, like, extra keyboards and stuff that are in storage and guitar and other um, ukuleles and stuff. So it's bare basics and yep. one of my amps and things away. It's just too, like, obscure sizing for it to fit in the van. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I have um, some, like, long-term storage, a pallet of stuff that sort of sits in storage and um, if I need it, I can get it. But... Yeah, yep. most of the time the key stuff I've I've got it with me. Yeah. Cool. So you've just got the essential stuff with you yeah. in the van there. Yeah, yeah. And also like most of the time, like, you know, when you're doing gigs and stuff, you, it's pretty easy to have everything there. Um and you know, I'm I mean I'm coming up to a year being in Perth. So yep. I'm slowly making connections with musos. Um, so yeah, and everyone's been super supportive and if I need anything or yeah, so no, it's, it's awesome. So when you go into gigs, do you, do you drive, you must drive the van there, do you? And you have to park yeah, it somewhere? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. 
it's amazing. It's not so, very conspicuous. People know um, when you're rocking up. Yeah, well, that is true. That is true. <laughs> but it means that I can, you know, have a drink and safely know that I can just oh, roll yeah. there. <laughs> so amazing. I do laugh. There's a few people that are like, oh, I'll walk you, you know, wherever. And I was like, yeah, but, like, it's just there and, and that's my home. So, yeah. Amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, um, so when you so come, easy. when you come to Melbourne, do you do you drive that across? Uh, I haven't yet, but the plan yeah. is to um, in the new year. So I've applied for a lot of festivals and stuff over east. Um, obviously, that sort of festival circuit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when I find out, it could be December that I'm heading over. It could be Jan, Feb. Um, yeah, just um, but that'll be the first time that I'm bringing it back over the Nullarbor. Um, yes. Otherwise, so, I've just flown back. Yeah. So she's pretty capable of driving across the Nullarbor. Yeah. Well, she. I drove it over from Melbourne uh, uh, last year yeah. when I moved over. So yeah, yeah she's done the trip once already. Yep. Um. But uh, yeah, no, it'll be it'll be the first time with a new fit out. Um. Yeah, which is exciting. Okay. Yeah, cool. Well, I was talking to um, Mez Whittle a couple of weeks ago. I don't know yeah. if you're familiar with Mez, but um, yeah, she spent the last few years in in Perth, and um, we were talking about the drive back across the Nullarbor. And I think I think they broke down, you know, with cats and dogs and all the kids in the van. And everything. yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, it's, it's not exactly like you can know. Like, I mean, very fortunate in Victoria where. Yeah, sure, you can drive four and a half hours to a gig or whatever, but realistically you're pretty much going from one side of the state to the other. Like it's fairly accessible. Yeah. Um, and I grew up in country Victoria, so, you know, shooting to Melbourne, you know, four and a half hours there, do whatever you needed to do and back. Like you're so used to doing that. But yeah. here, like, yeah, like it's just that vast nothingness that's actually it's it's amazing but it's a little scary um yeah uh, all in one um yeah my mum actually did the trip over when I came over from Melbourne and I just remember there was like particular like places that I was like just look at that just vast nothingness almost um and I'd be like isn't that amazing and mum would be like oh that's just no <laughs> 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 She saw it as a bit more scary than me. I, I just was a bit in awe. So, yeah. But, yeah, no, it's, a, it's a, if you ever get a chance to do it, you definitely have to do that trip. You just need a reliable car that's not going to yes. break down. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the scary part, I guess, that if you do yeah. break down, you're kind of screwed. So, uh, yeah. And especially for me, because my car is my home. So, that's a yeah. double, double whammy. Uh, yep. Well, um, now you've just released a, well, fairly recently just released a new EP called Daydreamer. Yeah, um, in January, uh, when was it? Uh, June that, um, yeah, it came out, which is yeah. super exciting. Awesome. Well, I had a um, listen the other night before, you know, before we did today and, yeah, yeah I was really blown away. It's a it's a great EP. Um, oh, thank you. Really, really good songwriting. Um, yeah, I was really impressed. It's awesome. So. Aww. <laughs> it's been a long time in the making that's for sure i mean yeah. you like you know, obviously when i was in melbourne like we've played um gigs together and and so yep. you know that i've been doing it for a while but i yep. um a few years back i just 
really lost sight of my direction and felt really pulled in lots of different ways of, you know, what was popular and what I should be doing versus what I what resonated with me. And I almost got so stressed about everything that I actually took a hiatus for a little while. Um, yeah. So, yeah, just to regroup and, and what was it that I was trying to achieve and what mm. what actually sat well with me. Yeah, so I think there's a quote that I heard once which was like um, whatever you create, if that was the only thing that was left in the world for you to listen to, would you be, you know, would you be proud of it? Would you be happy to listen to that for the rest yeah. of your life? And I think it was like actually, you know what, what I do is tell stories, my mm. own stories. That's like, you know, I'm not. I had just had to, that had to sit well with me and now it does, that that's what I do and I do that well and it's not for everybody but I'm not trying to be for everybody. No, um, well, you can't. I mean, it's impossible. No, exactly. And I think, you know, for me it's when I'm at certain points in my life, what are the things that I search for in other artists yeah. and I hope that my music is something that, yeah, sure, you know, you're probably not going to listen to this as easy listening music every, you know, Sunday but if you're in a point in your life where this resonates with you, you'll sort of, you'll source it and you'll connect with it. So, mm. um, yeah, anyway, so that's, yeah, it's, it's taken me a long time to sort of come to that. Um, but now, it, I, yeah, yeah. So this EP, it's been a long time coming. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot of depth in the songs and the songwriting. Um, so it's obviously come from that place and yeah. you can hear that in the song. So um it was probably worth the wait (laughs) in the end but um i'm glad you got yourself back on track and that's the funny thing about music isn't it like um, it's it's such a self journey like learning and yeah there's just yeah this this it's not just the music it is no so much more than that sometimes yeah i mean you might just yeah you, you might be just writing the songs just for yourself and you might never release them but mm-hmm. um actually putting them out in the public is a whole nother step all to, game oh 100 yeah 100 but i look at you know it was a lot of change in a very short amount of time like i like i said i've it's coming up to a year that i've been in perth yeah. um and so you know reaching out and speaking um i've got an amazing producer here in perth that just really we sam ford we just yeah just seem to be on the same page from get-go um and yeah just him and the musos that came in to help me on the ep like i've been nothing but supported and and felt like they really heard what i was trying to create and yeah it's just yeah very blessed very blessed yeah so yeah sorry uh you recorded this in perth yeah, yeah. So there's a studio in Scarborough, um, Tone uh, City Studios. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, Sam Ford's the um, producer there. And, yeah, he's just – I can't speak highly enough of him. He's amazing. Yeah, um, cool. So much so that um, I'm heading back into the studio in October. Um, oh, cool. I've been heavily writing for the last five months um, and, yeah, putting together demos and things and, yeah, um, not quite sure whether it's going to be an EP for next year or an album. I'm really, it really depends on what I have by the time I get in the studio by October. Yeah. But um, at this stage, I've got, yeah, 
EP amount. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's good. Go. That's yeah. another good question. Like, do we release EPs or should we release albums? I think I've had this conversation with multiple uh, times. Yeah. Yeah, and like because I'm kind of in that. Um, debacle at the moment whether i'm gonna do an ep or an album next um, it's it's such a um yeah i i uh, it's even i had this conversation with someone even going down to the singles if you like you know we're talking about albums and eps but even if it's do you just continue writing single after single is it cost effective that way and then just yeah. keep releasing that way or do you hold off and, like you said, do an EP or an album? I think I don't actually think there's a right or wrong way. I think no. it, it depending, like for me, this particular um, EP slash album, depending on what it ends up being for next year, there is a very um, strong subject matter for the whole entire, um, you know, um, piece of body of work. So for me, that those songs need to all go together. Okay, but, um, that's a good way of looking at it. That's how it feels to me. Um, yep. Whereas, you know, if if I sort of hindsight look back at EP related, you know, they're all different sort of stories and subject matter. Um, so they mm. could have all been released as singles and it wouldn't have, I don't think, would have made too much difference. Yeah, but that's I a good think way of too, looking at it. Yeah, like that's sort of how I look at it. But then it also depends for me, you know, I I enjoy gigging, but my music's not. You know, I'm never going to be like the bands that can play day in, day out, touring around. Like, I can, but yeah. I would suggest that people would source my material when they're in a particular frame of mind mm. um, as opposed to, yeah, like I, that's how I see my music anyway. That yeah. It's not necessarily going to be something that you're going to sort all the time live gigs mm. from. Yeah, okay. I mean, I like the idea of an album as, you know, getting a year or two's worth of material that you've mm. written all into one little package. Mm. But then I guess, like you said, if it doesn't feel like an album, uh, you know, with maybe similar subject matter um, and if they're just a bunch of random songs, it may not feel like an album mm. to the listener. So mm. it's a bit of a tough one. Um, yeah, oh, I and I like I said, I don't think there's a right or wrong. I think no. some genres of music gravitate um, to maybe you know one way more than another. Yeah, um, yeah. For me, I think it's more subject matter related. So yeah. if if the songs all are of a similar sort of thread then yeah mm -hmm. sure then if that's an ep or an album then for me that feels like that is the right way to go about it yeah um, okay yeah yeah but um and with you because you uh you play piano or keyboard yeah and you're a ukulele shredder as well <laughs> do you yes, still play well, the self-taught so just you know be gentle with me <laughs> i didn't i didn't have like actual lessons so yeah self-taught yeah yeah, that um, is uh, – I I was very fortunate that I had a high school friend, you know, really open me up to be like, you know, why don't you just try and learn that you can just – even from a writing perspective, it was really like um, have a go at it, see and, – and I can safely say that I do write differently yeah. 
um, on the ukulele and whether or not it stays on the ukulele or even the other way around where I write something on keys and then move it to you. I bounce it around sometimes to see where it sits. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just, it is, I find it fascinating that you change the way in which you write or process that writing mm. just because of the instrument you're playing. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people would be like that. But, yeah, I do. For me, I the ukulele lends itself to a more happy yeah. uh, vibe, um, yep. which, you know, you've listened to my stuff. I don't exactly do happy. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I use up all my happiness in my personal life. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> well, I'm kind of the same. So, you know, I, I wrote um, – I've got a ukulele song on my latest album um, – and I'm, somehow I've made it sound kind of depressing so uh, <laughs> with the lyrics and stuff so um but yeah it does have that sort of happy vibe to the to the to the sound of it but yeah like I guess I've never written a song on piano or keys but I could imagine that that would be a lot different um than writing on guitar which is what I'm mm. used to mm. um so it's probably nice that you've got that sort of difference in instrumentation that you can write differently yeah and even even if it doesn't land like like i said like there's times where you you bounce it around and inevitably it ends up going back onto keys um which is fine but i think it can't hurt for that process to happen um to hear it in different ways Mm. um yeah i mean i there's something about piano like i just tonality of a piano slash keyboard like there's just something about it that really resonates with me and obviously that's my you know more familiar instrument so that I'm always probably going to gravitate to that more but yep yeah yeah when did you start playing the piano oh what age like primary school dad was like my dad didn't I think he like tinkered around with guitar and drums and you know he could sing and you know always the one that loves loves music but you know couldn't do so if you can't do what do you do make your daughter do it (laughs) yeah (laughs) here learn how to play piano and then play for me (laughs) yep well it would have been good to be around that sort of thing growing up i'd imagine having instruments around and yeah yeah and dad was such a um such a lover of music i was actually Mm. talking to my sister uh, about this today, actually, just about how every Sunday you would wake up with the stereo blaring every <laughs> Sunday because that was his music day. And, yep. I, you know, you'd want to turn it off and put the TV on. No, from no. 9 o'clock, and I'm not joking, 9 o'clock till like mm. 4 or 5, that stereo would be on with like ongoing music. Awesome. That's it, yeah. Yeah, spinning no records other... all day. Was yep. it? Yeah, yeah, cool. Old cassettes would come out and oh. CDs and yeah, the records. It was just, it was just that was the day. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Weekends are definitely for that. Uh, on Sundays, I definitely try and uh, put the record player on first thing in the morning. Yes. Uh, yeah. Or when I wake up, maybe not as early as your dad would have, uh, you know, at yeah, nine o'clock, but yeah, I know. <laughs> a bit later yeah. in the morning. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> Yes, definitely a, a music day for sure. Um, How's your record collection coming along? Yeah, it's, it's getting bigger. It's getting bigger. Um, I sort of don't go out seeking records as much as I used to now. 
So I've kind of pulled back, I guess, because you just can't listen to them all. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, but no, it's getting getting pretty good. So dad dad gave me a bunch of his records, um, not too long ago. So the rest of his collection, because he doesn't listen to records anymore. So yeah. And, uh, I'm slowly getting him onto Spotify. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm signing him up to Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah. But uh, yeah, my uh, my record amp blew up the other week, so I had to had to go and get one the other week. And I went to this record shop. They've got all turntables and speakers and amps and all these records. And I'm like, oh shit, I shouldn't I be here. here. <laughs> yeah, I had to refrain <laughs> myself. Every single time I bloody go into a music shop, I'm like, I can't. I guess I need to just have tunnel vision and just come in and get whatever it is that I'm coming into. I. Oh. I just, there's so many keyboards that I want to buy. I just, it's bad. (laughs) Yep, yep. And they, and he had like all these, uh, I don't know if you ever played video games growing up, but he had like the old Nintendos and the old uh, Sega Mega Drives and stuff like that. Stop Um, it. Because they've become a collector's thing. I know, I could have stayed there all (laughs) afternoon, but uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. I love those sort of places. They just got, you know, all the old stuff in there and, um, yeah, really cool sort of old school gear. So, uh, yeah, so I got a new amp and hooked it up and, yeah, I love it. So it's really cool. Working a treat. Working a treat. So um, <laughs> yeah, do you play guitar as well? Oh, God, I wish. I, oh. I have a guitar and I play around with it. Um okay. But there is there is no way that I would play that mm. lot. Like I just I don't I could, I'm sure, for a song or two, but yeah, no, that's um I'll just leave that to the experts. <laughs> How about that? You can do all the guitar parts. <laughs> yeah. I'll leave you to the, the keys. Okay, done. <laughs> done deal. <laughs> um, when did you start singing? What age did you start singing? Um I didn't start singing until I was in high school actually yeah, right. um yeah well I mean I would I obviously tinkered around with like singing along to stuff when I was playing keys and whatever but um I didn't really think that I was any good at it really until um you know there was a few friends that were in the music wing and we had you know little rehearsal rooms and I'd sort of like you know, watch other people do their warm-ups and they were asked to sing an assembly or something. And I'm like, oh, you know, cool. Like, you know, they're like, oh, would you like to sing a verse? Well, okay, I'll give it a go. Like, <laughs> and um, and just, like, I started to, like, people would, like, stop and, like, put their head in to the stu- into these little recording rooms and be like, oh, yep. like, oh, who's that? Like, yeah. And I was like, oh, oh, is that all right? Is that okay? Cool. So, like. <laughs> Yeah, I know it sounds really silly, but then from that it just sort of organically, you know, I, yeah, just then started to get asked to sing it. I went to a Catholic college, so we had masses and liturgies and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So then there was a lot of opportunity um, to just sort of sing little bits and pieces. And, and then I was really fortunate to be in a really phenomenal band with um, a group of guys and and we played together for a long time um, doing covers and writing songs and, um, yeah, we, you know, did all of the um, 
freezer gigs and you know all that stuff that you do and and we'd got to a point where we'd um submitted stuff to triple j on earth when we were still in high school and things were like you know for me i was like this was a, a great training ground yeah to, um yeah just the boys would really push me to do things i mean i was really back then found it really hard to talk on stage uh one of the guitarists would be the one that would actually yep. talk and i just as soon as i was singing i was fine i could run around the stage and, and all that sort of stuff and but soon as the music stopped i just yeah <laughs> you wouldn't think it now everyone just assumes that i've been a lousy <laughs> yeah a very noisy bugger my whole entire life but I really <laughs> there was a time where yeah i i really found public speaking and talk like just yeah really crippling really yeah, yeah um yeah. Yeah, but that's learnt, been, yeah, I've been learning how to do that better. Yeah. <laughs> I still suck at it sometimes, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, at least I don't need to have, like, another musician actually, like, introduce songs anymore. That's always yeah. a, a step in the right direction. I always find that funny when I see that on stage. It's like you expect the front person to speak, yeah. but then you see maybe the bass player or yeah, yeah. even the drummer sometimes will do all the speaking, which is kind of funny. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, it's, but do you know what? It just goes to show that you can be talented at something, but, you mm -hmm. know, it's not a just because you're talented at that thing doesn't mean that you feel comfortable in that space either. Like that's, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah. Look, you know, I was yeah, learned a lot, and just even like being able to. That sounds really silly, but the sort of like stand up for yourself of like, I mean, being in bands, um, everyone wants to turn themselves up, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so being a singer that you know initially was just this timid one who you know by by the end you know you got comfortable with, yeah, being in that space and and. I mean, they end up being your, your second family. You spend so much time with them and life, long life, lifelong friends got to kind of even talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like, yeah, just, yeah, really grateful for that training ground. But, um, yeah, I mean, everyone got older and went into different paths and I'm the mm. only sucker that's still doing music. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I find that uh, maybe the age 30 is where people break off they either keep doing it or they might break off and just, no, nah, that's enough for me and yeah. start a family and all that sort of thing. I found that was around about that age for me where, yeah, a lot of people I grew up playing with maybe stopped basically for whatever reason and, um, yeah, you either continue or you don't and I'm glad I, I continued. Was, yeah, and and that's, I, I think, yeah, everyone's sort of, journey through that is like because mm. I'd had my hiatus before um I turned 30 yeah. and for me it was just like well so much of me thought that I was over the hill and that I had nothing no value nothing to offer mm. um and then the other flip side of that it was like well hang on a minute I'm not trying to be a pop star I'm not trying to I mean, and, and this is no disrespect for anyone who chooses to go down that that path, but your body and your youth is part of the package of what you're trying to sell. Mm. Um, and once I was able to come to terms with what I was writing and what I was, you know, creating, once I come to terms with that, 
then mm. I can come to terms with the fact that, well, I don't need to be 18, 20. I can be 28, 30. 38, 40. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like once once that sat with me and I accepted that, then mm. everything else sort of fell into place for me. But, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, you're Huge only just feeling. getting started really, aren't you? Well, and that's it. I've, sta- I've started again. So, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. So, really, this last year has been, yeah, starting again. Mm. Um, mm. So, did you sort of do that to yourself, like? put yourself in that bit of a, a hole, just telling yourself, you, you know, you're not good enough and um, I'm never going to be a pop star. And Did you give yourself um, all that self-doubt or? Oh, of course, that internal yeah. dialogue, that like that narrative that you, I don't know, I almost feel like the more that you say it or the more that you think it, you inevitably believe it. Yeah. But I think you know, for I've been playing music for a long time and once I lost the band in high school, I'd got so used to working with others that I felt like the only way that I could be successful was to have that again. Mm-hmm. So for a long, long time, even when I was at uni, I tried so desperately to have that again with other musicians and to create that sort of landscape. Um, and it just never gelled. Mm. Um, maybe I didn't think, I think, yeah, it was a lot of like maybe I didn't think I was a strong enough writer um, on my own to, to do that. But, yeah, again, that's been the, the journey of um, actually what I can create, what I do, I can do it and I can do it well and what, yeah, what is it that I'm trying to achieve with it. So, well, half of this journey is just about finding yourself, really, isn't it? Finding your sound, finding it's it's and it's it's a really good way of of doing that. Like it's yeah. um, it's like it's really something you find you you're constantly digging with inside yourself to find who you are and what you're capable of, and um, it's sort of a bottomless pit in a way, which is really good as long, as long as you can keep digging, like you, mm. you keep surprising yourself and it's just part of the journey, I think. That's what I've found. Um, but it took me years to try and oh, to actually realise that and um, get myself on that right track to be able to do that because I think you just, in your 20s at least for me and maybe it was the same for you playing with those guys, you're just, you're just doing it. You're not really thinking mm-hmm. about it. And then uh, you get to a point where, you know, maybe that band breaks up and it's like, oh, shit, what do I do now? Um, mm. I don't really want to start another band and, mm. you know, go through that whole teething. It's so labour intensive. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, you know. It can you, be rewarding too, but yeah. Definitely, yeah. yeah. But um, I think, yeah, I know when I went solo, that was really when I started to um, – really delve into what I'm what I've got in there and what I'm trying to get out so well I think it's too about you because you have to be self-sufficient but it also means that you need to be able to reach out to your network as well and feel comfortable doing that and I for a long time found it really hard I felt like I had to do it all myself yeah 
um I don't know how did you like were you did you feel like you could lean on others when I went solo yeah um I guess so like there were you know I went from a hard rock band uh to playing solo acoustic folky sort of tracks I was I was walking into a different music scene I guess so I had to leave a lot of um you know the bands that I was gigging with and contacts behind really like it didn't mm. didn't carry on it into the co- new yeah crossover yeah um so I sort of had to start again but you have that knowledge I guess a little bit how to how to approach it better um I found I became a lot more productive uh, when I went off on my own um because you didn't it's have to rely on anyone else. Yeah, it's a different type of productive because the benefits are that you you have multiple people to share the load with and the and the stresses. I mean, t- to share the highs and lows with. Yeah. Um. But then in that is that you know you've got full control of mm. direction and yeah everything when it's you and again there's pros and cons to that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with the bands, <laughs> it's hard. Like. You know, for brief periods of time, you got all four or five people, you know, in the same headspace. Yeah, let's do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, eventually, you know, the singer will drop off and, you know, you've written the, the music and you're waiting for him to, to write the lyrics and he's just not doing it. And then he's going out drinking every weekend and you're like, fuck, come on, man, get your shit together. We're going to go in the studio. And um, that's where I got really frustrated. But, um yeah. Yeah, so now it's all on me. So I'm pretty hard on myself now. <laughs> so. Oh, and that's and that's the, that's the thing that you the this so critical of your own. Yeah, I mean, again, like I'm assuming you're in that same headspace that oh, you absolutely have. You know, 120 percent expectation when yep. really, like, you just need to be gentle to yourself sometimes. Yep. But don't know how to be. <laughs> no, I guess as long as you're not crippling yourself, that's where it. Well, it gets yeah, too much. Exactly. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah. So, um, have you done your APA returns? I, I meant to ask <laughs> oh you that. Oh, my God. So, I was just about <laughs> to say, did you see my, um, did you see my story on Instagram? It was like the 31st and like oh. something like two o'clock or something in the afternoon. And I was like, frick. <laughs> oh my god! I have a year's worth of shit to submit, and I'm yep. so bad. Oh, I stressed myself out, but yeah. Um, but no, I got them in. And then, did you see the upper extended the goddamn uh, deadline? Yeah, yeah. I think they did that last year too. Oh, so c- clearly, there's a bunch of people, bunch of musos that don't have their shit together, <laughs> and uh, they've got to extend it. I had yeah. been doing it on the 31st. I had all year to do it. Oh, I know. I know. How about How, you? Did you, you do it? Yeah, yeah, I think I, I did it. Um, oh, someone reminded me a couple of days before, and I'm like, oh, shit, because it came up really quickly. And I'm like, oh, man, is it that time already? So, yeah, I got it, got it done. So, uh, um, it's, it's, I, I must confess that this year I feel like APRA has done a phenomenal job with their, like, media presence to remind musos and that. Oh, yeah. Um, I just feel like they've really ramped it up this year. It's been awesome, thank God. Yeah. Yep, yep, I'd agree with that for sure. Um, So how do you um, keep track of your gigs or do you keep track of your gigs or are you like me and you just sort of go through your (laughs) Facebook feed? (laughs) 
I followed my Facebook feed back a year. So I do write, I physically write a set list on a piece of paper for every gig. Um, And I somehow have them sitting somewhere in like a folder, um, but they don't have dates on them. Uh, so, or like, I don't actually write on them to say which key they, which I really need to. So, yeah, look, I definitely go back through my events and my Instagram and stuff to look at dates of like, yep. and my and my personal calendar. Um, yep. But I really think that maybe I need to actually in my personal calendar put my set list in there. Actually, yeah, probably um, moving forward, but. Uh, yeah, no, I just, I somehow, once I know the dates and what the gig is, mm. somehow I seem to be able to look through all these sheets of paper and be like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that one. I have no idea how. Yeah. Crazy egg. I have no idea. But, yeah. Do you sort of keep your set lists the same for most gigs or do you, I mean, obviously, depending on time frames that you've got to play, so you always mix it up every gig? Yeah, and especially because I... I move songs from uke to keys and mm. and whatever else. So yeah, I mean even more so now when it's like dependent on you know how much gear I want to bloody move around. Um, if I can, uh, so perfect example is I did a gig at the Royal Perth Hospital um, end of last year, yep. and I was just like I didn't want to have to carry because you know. Being in the van, it's too, super tall, so it can't go into most car parks, right? Yeah. So then it's like then you're parked so much further away than everything else. It's like, well, how do I carry all this gear? Like I carried so much stuff, like amps and stuff. I managed to like put it all and stack it all and carry it. And people were looking at me being like, can I help you? And I was like, well, <laughs> if you help me, then – that means that I've still got to get it back to wherever. So, no, I need to be able to know that I can carry it all this way. <laughs> like, and so I was like, thank you, but I'm going to have to just struggle through this by myself. <laughs> so they didn't have anywhere for you to park, even though you were yeah, an ex, ex-ambulance? Like, well, oh, yes. I should have said, I Come like, on. sticker, like, used to be an ambulance. Can I park yeah. you? Yeah. Um, oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. That's great. It's like home again for the uh, for your van. Hey, well, I'm home again. Fanny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this place looks um, familiar. <laughs> yeah, no, I really should have asked that. But no, no, I just suffered. You just and had to carry cursed, everything. Cursed myself. Yeah, because I was like, why Why am I so small and short and can't carry multiple things? <laughs> uh, yeah, so you got the keyboard. Have you got like um, shoulder straps for the keyboard or is I, that just – now have a custom case, uh, especially because yeah. the last time I came to Melbourne, I mm. had to fly with it. Yep. So, um, yeah, it's got like multi handles and wheels and fancy pants one. Very cool. Yes. So it just means that, yeah, instead of me struggling to carry it, I just struggle because I now have calluses all over my fingers. But, yeah, oh, it's really no. fun. <laughs> Shit, can't win. You just need to get someone to help you carry it, I think. Or how about I just have to toughen up, so. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you need to go to the gym a bit more. Yeah, it's not the easiest thing to carry around, I'm sure. No, no. Then there's times where I'm jealous of, like, why didn't I just learn how to play guitar? <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, much easier. Yeah, it's much easier lugging around acoustic guitars. Um, I remember the days of lugging around big guitar amps, you know, with the, the big stacks, oh, the, the quad boxes and stuff like that. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Um, my first car, I, when, I was, when I first got my license, I had um, like a four-speaker cabinet and the, the Marshall head. And to get it in the car, I had to rip out the, the, the base of the back seat just oh, to, no. to even in. get it in. Wow. Yeah. So, but I did that for for years, you know, like it was nothing. Yeah. So yeah, you get used to it. Yeah. yeah. And then I yeah. brought a um, a station wagon a couple of years later, so that was much easier. <laughs> so I could just slide that straight in the in the boot. So, and that baby uh, was right in there. No no issues. No problems. No. <laughs> so, um, so I've. Uh, when I see you post on Instagram, I often get pretty jealous because you've got some really good scenery that you're uh, either parking the van next to or, <laughs> you know, by the beach. And Yeah, I'm, it's, yeah, it's, I'm very, very lucky. I'm very lucky. Mm. It's, um, it definitely helps with the, the uh, creative juices to be able yeah. to just move around and, um, yeah. Well, for me, I've, I mean, I grew up in country Victoria down in East Gippsland. So I grew up near the beach. And um, for me, that just grounds me and yeah. coming to Perth and, and having, you know, I mean, I loved Melbourne, but it was amazing how I got here and it's like I could just breathe differently. Um, mm. I just got so used to being in Melbourne where we've got that lovely bay um, yeah. that I'd sort of forgotten the just the pure joy of the ocean yeah um, but yeah no it's been been fab so do you just uh pull up somewhere and somewhere nice and then you just break out the ukulele and yeah bang yeah a new song yeah and i think Pretty that's much. it like the you definitely because obviously i can't just whip out the keyboard um and just tinker around Mm. I feel like because I, you know, uh, are fortunate enough to have friends where they let me borrow like spare rooms to sort of um, run through some stuff or, you know, I pay and have some a studio for, you know, four hours or something. But I think there's plenty of times where you have your instruments near you and you could quite easily just pick it up and ha- like, but how successful are those times? Whereas for me, I've got allocated time. Okay, I've got four hours and I don't waste a second of it. I'm like, load yeah. in, practice, do whatever it is, do whatever, you know, and then I'm out. So yeah. um, it's actually some people would look at it and go, oh, that's that's a disadvantage because you don't have like a music room set up or whatever. But for me, I'm like, well, actually, it just means that I'm not thinking about it and then I know that tomorrow I've got four hours and yeah. what's, yeah, so it. Yeah, for me, that's been a, a big change, but, um, yeah, definitely a positive one, that's for sure. Yeah, well, at least, you know, you've got, you know, four hours of 100% focus on one thing. Yeah, yeah. So. And almost like I, I feel like, for me anyway, when you've <laughs> handed over your hard-earned cash mm. to pay for something like that, not that it's not that expensive to yeah. get studio space, as you know, Um but even 25 bucks, it's still 25 bucks that you yeah. pay. And you're like, no, nah, I'm going to milk it for every- yep. <laughs> everything it's worth. 
<laughs> and you got some privacy in there too, so you're not oh, getting yeah, sort of brilliant. Yeah. hassled. You know, you're confined in uh, four soundproof walls, which is yeah, yeah, amazing, exactly. really. And also too, like really, like I just take the the keys and the uke out. I mean, you've got your mixer and all your stuff in there already, so it's not like you've got to set. Like it's a pretty quick setup. Like I'm not setting up a whole band, so yep. yeah, no, it's um, yeah, that's been quite good. Um, yeah, it's just you know, it's been a you change the way in which you live, but it hasn't been a bad thing for me. Like mm. you. I've had to cut down my personal effects. Um, how I live my life is different, but I wouldn't say it's bad. I think mm. it's just I'm more self-aware of things. Um, and when I, yeah, like when it comes to music and stuff, it's like it's it's purposeful. Um, it's It's more structured, yes, but then in that structured time, you, yeah, you're not you're not pulled into anything else. Like when you're in a house, like for me, I know that I'd be like, oh, I'm just going to quickly go and put the washing on, or I'm going to, oh, yeah. like you know, it's too easy <laughs> to get called in, yep. you know, or your partner will you know be like talk about something, or you're having lunch, or you know you've heard them come home, or whatever else. So like you know, inevitably you do get distracted quite easily. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So pros and cons. Pros and cons. Yeah. Mm. And um, I just wanted to ask you about. Just going back to Instagram, um, how they've My decided to platform ever. I yeah, it. I think I think it's mine too. Actually, um, oh. I'm a bit over Facebook. Uh, I'm you know. a very visual person, and I I bloody love photos, and I yeah. recognise that photos are not a true indication of of things. But there's just something about that. I don't know. As a platform, it resonates with me, and I know it doesn't resonate with everybody. But yeah, how about you? Mm -hmm. What do you What do you think that you like about it? Uh, well, I, th I think it covers all bases. Like, yeah, I'm probably more of a visual person too. Um, but, you know, you can chuck videos on there too. Um, and especially with that um, IGTV station yeah, sort of thing good. they got. Yeah, I haven't really used it much, but um, it's. I think it's a good thing if you can utilise it. We apologise for this brief interruption. All right, you ready? Yeah, let's go. All right. So I just wanted to ask you, going back to Instagram, um, how they've decided to basically hide the number of likes um, that we got get on our posts now. How, how yeah. do you feel about that? Um, I can appreciate why they've done it. Yep. And, and I think that as time goes on, it will mean that people are not fixated on it. So I think, yeah, like it'll just become the new normal and that's fine. Mm. Um, I don't know, I, I guess because it's early days. So for me it's a little bit of like, yeah, getting that sense of how something's tracking. Like I know as a as a user you can click on your own and, and see how mm. many it is anyway. But I don't know, just as a quick visual of how it's, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not against it. I think, yeah, like I said, I, there's merit in why it's been done and I think that's yeah. great. But I, for me personally, maybe because I I don't rely on that as an indication of my success. So, mm. yeah, maybe it, because it doesn't sit as a problem for me, maybe that's why I don't feel maybe as emotionally connected to it. 
as mm. others, maybe. Yeah. How do you, how do you feel about it? Oh, look, I don't think it worries me so much. Um, I just think maybe it's a bit late in the game to to okay. do this now because mm. people have, so to, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's everyone's so obsessed with it, and uh, mm. it's a it's a huge way to to measure your success. Uh, mm. You know, even even on the news when they say you know something's gone viral or you know it's already this video has already had a million hits and you know it's just the way we measure everything these days mm. um but which just is, because just because that is how we've historically measured it doesn't necessarily mean that is how we need to moving forward yeah um, and I, I and i yeah i it's yeah i appreciate what you're saying about how like that's mm. they've already done that platform in that way yeah um but, you know, I mean, you look at how much Facebook has changed in so many ways over the years mm. or even Instagram has changed quite a lot yeah. in its entirety. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah. I haven't heard much of, like, how people have taken it. Oh, not really. I, I thought I heard that they've only done it in certain countries at this stage. Oh, really? I think um obviously obviously australia being one of them but i don't mm. know if they've done it in every country and if it's maybe just a trial at this stage um so it's not okay so it's not 100 percent in concrete mm, i could okay. be wrong but i'm pretty yeah. sure that's what i read so yeah, right. um but yeah we we do get pretty fixated on all that sort of popularity and likes and views and all that i mean it's just true but what we like i think that the the difference is is i mean we're a small business really Mm. so for us that doesn't necessarily equate to sales for us but it definitely equates Uh, to interest yeah and you can definitely see you know i mean again i suppose that's where you've got the extra um, reporting pieces of Instagram where it shows you the days and, and times and, you know, mm. when's a more peak time to post things. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, it's mm, interesting. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, I definitely find Instagram more engaging than Facebook uh, for myself and probably for people who follow me. I mean... Facebook, you know, as you would know, with with the music pages, you know, your reach only goes oh, so far. Limited. Yeah, yeah, they've limited. Which they've is locked it all down. Yeah, yeah. it's so frustrating. It is. Yeah. It is. And I try really hard. I don't know about you, but I really try not to share much from my music page to my personal Facebook. Yeah. Um, unless, of course, it's something really like pinnacle. Like, obviously, mm. when I released my EP, I think I did maybe one or two shares. Yeah. Just, you know, to let the wider community know what I was up to. But apart from that, like, I try and keep it separate. But it's, yeah, you're pushing shit up a hill a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. You know, unless you pay your advert, oh, yeah, pay for advertising, basically. Yeah, but it's not necessarily to boost. Of, no. Yeah, yeah. I've done it a couple of times just for big announcements and stuff, but I kind of didn't i mean yeah you get more views and more traction but how much what what does it really it equate to mm, yeah. yeah um so your ep daydreamer that's obviously on 
Spotify because I was li- listening to it the other night on Spotify. Um, it's on Apple and all everywhere. It is. It is. It is. So I went through um, a distro kid to do my um, uh, Me too. Me too. Yeah, yep. I think they're great. It's great. Um, so, yeah, I, I just thought the process was so easy and, mm. yeah, and it pushes it out to, you know, what is it? like 150 different platforms or something that it pushes it out to. It's amazing. Yeah. Now, did you find the process simple? Yeah, pretty easy. Yeah. I used to use um, TuneCore for for distribution, Um, but which was fine, but the the fees were more. So what what I like with DistroKid is you pay a yearly fee and you can release basically as much music as you like, whereas – TuneCore, you had to pay per release, per I think. Release. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, an EP you released five years ago that you still want on all the platforms, you got to pay for it every year. No, that's so um, crazy. So, but, you know, it was good. I, I had no issue with it apart from that. And you know, I'm a happy distro kid customer. So, <laughs> they're so good. Yeah. Yeah, so good. I'm very happy. Very happy. So, I think my favorite song off your EP. At this stage Drumroll. is song song number seven. Oh yes, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, cool. I just had this. Um, I don't know. It gave me the of the vibes of a an old song. Like, uh, yeah. oh, I should have thought this about this a bit more and explain <laughs> it better. But anyway, I know I know what I mean. So it yeah, just had this. No, no. It's, it's I, one, I mean, I'm sure you um, can relate to it, that it's always very interesting listening to others' opinions of what resonates with them of yep. an EP. Um, mm. And for me, that song, I play it very differently live um, versus, like, obviously if I'm with myself, I play mm. song number seven with a foot tambourine and a stomp box and ukulele by myself um but you know i've played it with um a live band and we've we've done it a little differently again and and i think that's that's something about it is that it has the characteristics to be played in a lot of different ways um that is something yeah that song i just love playing that one live that's like one of my favorites yeah yeah Yeah. it sounds great that that's the one whereas when i think of the ep my favorite Mm. of the ep is actually um I think it's those boys. I think is my favourite. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I encourage anyone who's listening now, all the millions of Fox on the Wire <laughs> followers, loyal yes. followers, please go and check out Alexis Naylor's new EP, uh, Daydreamer, on Spotify, Apple Music, all that sort of stuff. Uh, now you have a website as well, alexisnaylor.com. I do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So um, go and check that out. I'll put that in the in the show notes, of course. Um, now you've got something big coming up in September, a semi final of sorts. Uh, yes, I do. Um, oh, I'm just so chuffed that uh, one of the songs off my EP um, has got through to the semi finals for um, the songwriting prize. Um, yeah, which is just amazing. So they've got a live um, semi-final gig in each state mm-hmm. um, for us to 
play those songs. So this year the theme was songs that heal. Um, and my song after I left um, sits into that. So it's all about mental health. Um, that song after I left is actually about um, a friend of mine who was going through a really tough time. He actually tried to commit suicide and there's, you know, a lot of a lot of layers in there. But, um, you know, um, we nearly lost him and um, so grateful that we haven't and he's still with us and, um, yeah. But, yeah, I'm just really chuffed that, yeah, that song's got to the semifinals and I'm really super excited to be playing it in Perth um, to anyone who's uh, coming along, which, yeah, which is super exciting. So is there any, anything we can do to support this or is it just a matter of you turning up on the day and yeah just turning up on the day obviously if you any of your listeners are in and around the Perth area you know <laughs> that would be amazing for them to come along but um I don't know if you know um Melbourne artist Maxon um she actually got through the semi-finals and she's doing the live semi-finals in Melbourne um okay. for one of her songs that's gone in too so shout out to her um amazing song as well and uh if you can't support me go support a fellow muso who's also in there so uh, i think it's a different date um that mm. her uh semi-finals are on but yeah if if any of the listeners wanted to go support her that would be awesome too it's all well, all about our community right yeah what, what was her name maxon maxon yeah okay cool well yeah. best of luck with your semi-final we hope you get through obviously and uh, oh, kick so some ass and get through to the grand final and Yay. smash that as well so yeah I hope so too but um I think all of the songs that I've been hearing they're all really valid and you know it's it's such an important issue um mm. mental health and um I think it's the more that we can write about it and talk about it it can't yeah can't be a bad thing yeah Everyone's got a, a bit of a story with that, I think, don't they? Yeah, exactly. And I think when you're in it, I think all of us can feel like it's isolating and that you're mm. the only one that's gone through it, but that's where we all need to be able to talk about it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So I think music's definitely... a good way to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I just the word right out of your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, whether you're a listener or a writer, a, yeah. a writer, music just... Yeah, it's just a, a soother, so, soothes the soul. Yes, um, yes, now, I was I was trying to think back to where we where we first met uh, when we first gigged together. I know uh, you supported my EP launch, my first EP launch yes. back in 2012. Yep. But I think I met you somewhere before that and I was trying yes. to think back. Do you remember? How? Uh, honestly, I'm shocking and I don't. But no. I feel like our first connection would have been through Amy Francis, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um, but yeah, I, I'm appallingly bad at remembering that. I was actually picking my brain the other day trying to figure out yeah. how that came about. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking back through our, you know, how on Facebook when you're friends you can uh, see friendship. See really, yeah, 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 yeah. And we had a little conversation, I think, back in mid-2011 or 12. So it was before this EP launch. And I think I either said to you or you said to me, 
uh, nice set last night and you know it goes on yeah, 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 but yeah. we didn't actually say where we played and oh, you know what the deal was <laughs> so <laughs> i can't remember but uh, our past selves. <laughs> yes bad bad memories uh so um but yeah i haven't seen you for a few years now anyway so i can't yeah. even remember the last time i saw you i don't think it was that ep launch surely not no i feel like we've yeah seen each other since then but um yeah, well, especially because I took a bit of a hiatus, so I sort of shrinked up and uh, disappeared into the to the background a bit. Yeah. Yeah, so, but that's well, all we, good. We almost played a gig together uh, a few months ago when you, I think you asked me to play. Yes. Um, yeah. For one reason or another, I couldn't do it, but I think you ended up getting Palmy to play. Was that- Oh, yeah, when we went to Kerrang. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was awesome awesome yeah we did that so that was actually last year now (laughs) really oh Oh, man i thought it was like a couple of months ago (laughs) shit (laughs) time flies uh yeah i know it goes well that's what i mean like i i keep saying to people that i've only been in perth for like not very long but i'm like oh crap it's actually nearly been a year i'm like oh geez so So you must have you must have started recording like pretty soon after you got to Perth or you must have recorded really quickly? um, Yeah, Sam and I started chatting fairly early on and then I got into the studio. We had some meetings in November and then fully started recording everything in December and then had everything mixed and mastered by sort of Jan Um, and and then I was just playing catch up then um, to get all my other ducks in a row photos and bits and pieces and all that sort of stuff as you know you do so yeah um you know in the big scheme of things when when people go oh yeah you've got x amount of time you think oh that's ample time but really when you're releasing you know every 28 days a single another single and yeah like time sort of eats up quite quickly so Mm. it sounds like you you smashed it out pretty quickly in terms of recording and mixing and that sort of thing yeah i think like i said like working with sam ugh, just a just a pleasure absolute pleasure and we mm. were on the same page um but also too for me like um i'm i do my warm-ups and mm. my warm-up tracks and then i'll do like three main sort of recordings of each whatever we're recording and i mm-hmm. just don't you know, like you could spend hours going over and over, but I learned quite early on in the piece that, no, nah, however your voice sounds that day, you do, mm. your, like for me, those three recordings, if it's not in those three, then I it doesn't matter how many more times I'm going to sing it, I ain't going to get it. Yeah. Like, you, do, do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, for me, yeah. it's like that's as, yeah. Well, it's good that you know your... Oh, limits, I guess, or yeah, like or I what's going to be, yeah. There's a difference between if you're playing around with ideas, but for mm. me, I'm fairly. I know what I'm trying to achieve pretty early on. Mm. I try to have a very clear picture of what I want for myself and my vocals. Everything else, interpretation and stuff, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be open-minded for stuff. But um, yep. yeah, singing-wise, I yeah want to be able to go. No, nah, this is what I'm doing. Yeah, this, yeah, so. Okay. Mm. 
Good. Everyone's journey is different, but that's mine. I'm pretty uh, brutal on myself. No, nope, can't do it in the three. Okay, that's it. You, you, that's it. Your chance is gone. That's it. <laughs> Coming back tomorrow. We'll try again. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was brutal in the studio sometimes, but, uh, but when sometimes you, when you, you need that pressure to be able oh, to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's when you bring out your good stuff, hopefully. 100%. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Well, we probably better uh, better say our goodbyes and wrap this stuff uh, up. Wrap it up, wrap, but wrap. Um, we better do this again sometime. Oh I my really God, enjoyed this it. chat. Yeah, so, likewise. It's nice to see you. Uh, I know yeah. that no one can see us, but <laughs> <laughs> well, if there's something funny in here, I might uh, chuck it up on for a bit of a bit of a gag. Bit of a laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. I, uh, I'm a very hilarious person, so surely you've got ample material. <laughs> yep, yep, I'll go back through it and I'll pick out some stuff. <laughs> um, so when are you back in Melbourne next? Uh, look, I, I, I'm I, hoping in a couple of months, but nothing's um, in concrete, so. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I do try and head back every sort of quarter at least. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, don't, don't want people to forget me entirely. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you come back, we might have to try and tee up um, a show or two. What do you reckon? We'll try that and... That sounds divine. Yeah, let's do it. So yeah, thank you very much, Alexis, for joining us here on no Fox worries, on the Wire. Thank you so much for having me. Anytime. I hope you guys have enjoyed the chat and thanks for tuning in. Um, please check out Alexis's music. Uh, go to alexisnaylor.com. I'll chuck it in the show notes. Um, she's on Spotify, all that good stuff. Uh, Instagram, obviously, go and check out Vanessa on her Instagram and see how cool it is and uh, all the scenery that she posts that uh, you will be jealous of. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Alexis, and um, we'll chat to you again soon. And um, thank you for everyone for tuning in today. And we'll chat to you again soon, Alexis. Thank you. See you. Thank you. <laughs> See you later. Thanks, everyone. Bye.